Hey, what's going on? It's Stephen Stanwood, the attorney and founder of Stanwood Law. Got something a little different going on today. I've been at home. I've been prepping a uh, presentation to give to a bunch of high school kids for career day, which seems like a huge, um, it's, it's something I haven't done before. And it seems like such an enormous responsibility. I mean, shaping the young minds of the future. So Figured I could sit down, rifle through some slides that I just made, and then pair up this video with those slides and share them out in case those are helpful to anybody. And also try to get some of the kinks out of this presentation uh, before I'm up there in front of all sorts of people. So here goes, I'm recording on a phone that could die at any moment, so that's an added element of surprise here, but let's try to make it happen. Got my laptop right in front of me here. Did this on Google Slides, and I'm now opening it in PowerPoint. All right, here it goes. And action. So I'm, I'm Steven. Uh, that's exactly how we're going to do it, just like that. That goes to the outtakes. It's going to be morning. Good morning. I'm Steven, I'm a lawyer, uh, but I'm a lot of other things too. So let's start out with that word, the word lawyer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word lawyer, a lot of things come immediately to mind. A whole lot of words, a whole lot of adjectives built up over a whole lot of years, and a lot of them are not very positive. Lawyer, you might think old, stodgy, you might think about courtroom, you might think of laws and books and writing and they talk so much and they, you never know what they're saying and it's really confusing and everything's way more complicated and takes longer than it's supposed to. Lawyer, it's not a word that has gotten a lot of good press in over the years. So yeah, I am a lawyer. I'm part of that. And part of being a lawyer is sort of owning that, you know, popular conception of what's out there about lawyers. I also want to emphasize that especially as a business owner now, I'm also a lot of other things, and that's really what energizes me in work day to day. Stepping back to my personal journey a little bit though, both my parents were lawyers. I'm really thankful for that, I'm really lucky. That is definitely the number one reason that I'm a lawyer is that both my parents are lawyers. That's really kind of an underrated uh, factor in, in where we end up. I think people don't talk a lot about it you know, their familial background, where, where they're coming from and where they end up as much as they should. Uh, growing up, my parents, they, as lawyers, they hammered into my head over and over and over again the phrase, you can do a lot of things with a law degree. And I think a lot of people out there who have lawyers for parents have heard that same thing because lawyers have been saying that for years and years and years and years and years. And that's a couple of things. First of all, it's a sort of conservative thing that says, oh, you know, you're out there having graduated from high school or having graduated from college uh, and you're not quite sure what you want to do in the way that a lot of people aren't quite sure what they want to do. And then the parents say, you know, you can do a lot with a law degree as sort of a not so subtle way of pushing their son or their daughter into law school saying, you know, oh, you can figure it out later. You can defer the decision, you know, another three years uh, until you graduate, until you've worked as a lawyer for a while. You can still do a lot of things, even though you have this extra three years of education. So that's the first part of it. But the second part of it is that it's really true. You can do just a ton of things with a law degree. I was flipping through people on LinkedIn who I was connected to 
uh, earlier this morning just to hammer this point home. And I found uh, someone who I know who graduated from law school just a couple of years ago and is a partner in an immigration law firm here in Silicon Valley. She founded her own firm uh, with a few other people and is just building her business from the ground up. I know somebody who, back in Washington, D.C., was in the Navy before he went to law school, went to law school, graduated, and now works for a big firm on the East Coast. Certainly, a lot of people know about graduating from law school, working the big, prestigious law firm job. Um, another guy went to law school with, graduated. He poked around. He worked for firms for a while. Now he works for a consulting firm. So he's a lawyer working for a firm, but not just both lawyers, but also uh, business people and other interesting folks at that consulting firm. Another connection who works here in local government and has for a number of years uh, helping out with the city of San Jose. And then I know somebody who's sort of the most traditional lawyer, I guess, in the TV sense, which is a, a trial lawyer or, or public defender, um, who's actually in the courtroom and who you can sort of conceptualize being on a show like the good wife or law and order or something like that. Somebody who's appearing before judges, you know, day after day. Next thing I have on the slideshow here is a very, very long list with a really, 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 really reduced font. And that is the list of types of law from Wikipedia. Now, <laughs> there are 84 different types of law on this list. I know that because I thought that I had divided them well into four columns of 21, being the sort of obsessive type A person that I am, but I look at it now and it doesn't look even at all, but that's an issue for another day. Here are some of those. Elder law, energy law, entertainment law, family law, mining law, music law, nationality law, obscenity law, computer law, competition law, this is not an alphabetical order. This is just a reading in bursts from wherever I want to read from at the time. And one out of those 84 types of law is me. Trademark law, right down there. All right, I'm getting an alert on my phone that says battery's going to run out at 4 p.m. So let's see if we can hustle through before that happens. But the point is, if you ask any two lawyers what it's like to be a lawyer, you're going to get two very, very different answers. And that's not just because lawyers are long-winded and want to make things, you know, complicated and different. It's because there are so many different types of law and so many different types of lawyers out there that it's hard. Even if, you know, we weren't debilitated in the way that we are and unwilling to paint with broad strokes as a matter of our profession, it's hard to make broad generalizations about what lawyers are and who lawyers do. And that's great because it is true that you can do a lot of things with a law degree if you have the opportunity to get a law degree. But I think you can say at a high level that all lawyers are problem solvers. Lawyers help people who have legal issues, and legal issues, you know, in any of those 84 categories, they help them avoid those issues or get through those issues. Lawyers are problem solvers. Some of the high-level traits that make a good lawyer, first and foremost, we think of lawyers talking all the time, and that's true. You, you go to court, uh, you talk on the phone with your clients, you're calling opposing counsel, and you're talking to that person. Being a good listener and being able to really identify, what does this person need? How can I best help them? Both from what they're saying, and sometimes there's a level beyond that where they're not out and out saying you know, what their real legal problem is, 
But because of your experience and because you're a good listener, you're able to discern what's really going on. So listening is important. Understanding people's issues, uh, the empathy that comes with that. An impulse for wanting to help people, I think, is critical to being a good lawyer. If you're only in it for the money, or you're only in it for the prestige, or the glamour, you're not in it for the right reasons. And people are going to see through that. And when you show up and pretend like you're going to help them, you're not going to do a good job. And they're not going to be thankful for the work that you did, because your intentions weren't there. Finally, lawyers, they read a lot, and they write a lot. That's just ingrained into the curriculum, into the mentality of the profession, and that is something we all do. One of the things they asked me to do was talk about the education required to get to being a lawyer. The answer is there is a lot of it. So you're all in high school right now, you got four years of high school, and then four years of college after that, if you're going to college. Something I'd recommend you do is not required uh, before you go to law school, but can be really, really helpful is if you work for a couple of years after college, but before law school. That helps you get a perspective, uh, reconsider maybe if you wanna be a lawyer at all, the type of law you wanna go into, helps you meet more people in the world, people who maybe are lawyers or were lawyers or thought about becoming lawyers. You just go back in with a richer perspective um, on why it is you wanted to go to law school in the first place. And the other thing is, by the time you get through high school and through college, that's a lot of years of education all packed right in a row. All you've ever done in your life is go to school. And trust me, I took a couple years off. I wish I, in retrospect, maybe I would have even worked more before going back to law school because I found that in law school, the people who had the best perspectives on sort of the intense experience that is law school are the people who'd been out and who'd worked and could tell you that, you know, another test or another late night spent reading or, sort of all of the emotion and rigmarole that's packed into the law school experience, they could see past that. They could say, this is important, but this isn't the be all end all of my life because I have so much more going on and I have a broader perspective. A lot of them had families and young children and the way they approached law school was just totally different than a way a lot of the younger people did. So as one example, this is my journey to law school. I, Swam all the time in high school, I, I worked pretty hard, I got good grades, I got into a good college, and I went there and I studied education policy. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you know, what's the best thing to study um, if I'm in college, I don't want to go to law school, and the answer is there is no best thing to study. I knew a ton of people who studied uh, things like I did, in government and policy and politics and pre-law and all these kind of classical, you know, law school type majors. But I also knew a lot of people who studied math and who studied engineering, and they'd be great law students because they could think in this sort of very regimented way. I mean, law is just the biggest system there is. So if you can think through math, you can think through engineering or other things like that, you're going to have a leg up on a lot of people who can't think that way. Computer programmers make great law students, and there are huge numbers of opportunities out there for people who have backgrounds in computer science and law. So if you're in that world, Absolutely, you can apply to law school and succeed. After graduating from law school, I uh, worked for small firms for a number of years. And it's just great, really great experience because you get experience in small firms that uh, is sort of at the ground level. And you're the one learning to do things. And you're the one... Uh, 
then there's no one else to go to. I mean, if you're working for a solo or you're working for a couple of other attorneys, the work needs to get done and you're going to be looped into that process because you are the other attorney at that firm. So I had the luxury of working for um, you know, a series of people who were great and who gave me all sorts of opportunities to learn all sorts of things. And that put me in a position to be where I am now, which is I felt like I had gained enough skills and I knew how to help people on my own. And I took a risk and I jumped out and I started my own thing, which is Sandwood Law, which is you know, how you're making it to this video now. And that's what's next for me over the next few years is just building this and uh, growing it and, and having a great time. So way back at the beginning of this, I said, hi, I'm Steven, I'm a lawyer, but I'm also a lot of other things. What are some of those other things? Well, in short, when you're running your own firm, it's everything else it takes to run a business. So on any given day, it might be uh, working with, you know, sort of traditional clients, businesses, working with other lawyers who are working with their clients who are businesses. It might be making videos like this one and posting it to the internet and doing other marketing to promote the firm. I'm always out there, you know, meeting new people, networking, talking to law students, talking to anybody that I can help. I, I love talking to people about my experience so far and their experience and trying to, you know, figure out um, how we can all work together to, to make a positive difference a positive difference in people's lives. Uh, writing code is something that I've spent a lot of time on in the past and I'm going to spend a lot of time on soon. I don't have a formal computer engineering background, but I have uh, you know, taken programming classes and I can sort of uh, poke my way around and hack solutions to things. And especially when you're in a small firm like I am, uh, the more you can automate and the more you can kind of make work on its own, that's time that's freed up for you to do all the other things that you love to do. And time is the most valuable resource you have when you're running your own business like I am. And then the administrative stuff, you're tracking income and expenses. You might be uh, traveling to a conference. That's another fun way to meet new people, learning new things sort of generally, or updating your website, other web presence, social media stuff. Phew, that's a lot. Uh, I love what I do, but it's definitely not for everyone. And, and most people don't start their own firm, especially not um, pretty close in time after they graduated from law school. The top three more traditional options are, number one, work for a firm, uh, solo firm, small firm, medium-sized firm, big firm. A firm, if you don't know, is a bunch of lawyers working together uh, to serve clients. About half of new lawyers work for firms of some sort. And generally the way it goes is the bigger the firm is, uh, the more they're going to pay you for working there, but also the greater the demands are going to be on you, which is why you hear sort of these scary stories about uh, big firms working associates to death, but then those associates are also, you know, making great salaries and are striving to get up to the partner level where they can make even more money. So that's sort of the trade-off that goes with that. Versus if you're a smaller firm, you might have fewer opportunities and a lower salary, but you might uh, be able to work a more normal work week and have a lot more going on in your life that isn't just all law all the time. Uh, second big option is in-house, which is just lingo for lawyers who work directly for a company rather than working for a law firm. So somebody might say, oh, I work in-house at Apple, inside a big company here that employs all sorts of lawyers. So then that's good because you're not just working with lawyers day to day, you're working with a lot more business people and you're more of a part of that larger business machine rather than a standalone uh, law firm legal entity. Third big option, government work for your city, you can work for the federal government, you can work for the state, you can work for all sorts of other organizations that exist in between. All right, so if you're a high school student, that was a lot of talk about the distant, distant future. Uh, what can you do right 
Now, I thought about this for a little while and I boiled it down to four things you can do. I would, if I were you and I had an inkling that I might want to go to law school or that I'm at least interested in law, I would reach out to a lawyer. And you might say, oh, I don't know any lawyers or like, why do they want to hear from me? Just get the conversation started. And if you don't know any lawyers, you know one now. I know all sorts of lawyers, so even if I'm not the right person to talk to about the area of law that you're interested in, I can connect you to someone who is, and it's great. I mean, most lawyers I know love talking to younger people who are interested in the legal world, and having some of those conversations up front can really give you a leg up on people who are trying to figure out later down the road, you know, whether law is something they want to go into. Second, you can look for opportunities to volunteer, especially with smaller organizations, smaller firms. If you talk to the right lawyers and they maybe, you know, point you to the right opportunity where somebody might let you um, come in and work for a while at their firm just to sort of see what it's like, you know, maybe you're answering calls or you're doing some sort of administrative work to help them out. Nothing really tells you what a job's going to be like. Not a YouTube video like this, not, you know, reading a bunch of stuff online. Nothing's going to tell you what a place or a job is really like until you're immersed in it and you can really feel, is this something that I want to be a part of or am I made for something different? So if you can find any opportunity to volunteer or to uh, work for whatever it is, a, a firm or another organization, then give that a shot and see, see what that's like. Third, boring advice, get good grades, do work that you enjoy and work hard. I have it written in my initial draft here as word hard, which doesn't mean anything, so we'll change that to work hard. Um, getting good grades in high school, then in college, is just going to set you up for success no matter what you do. Uh, especially if it's applying to law school, they're going to look back and they're going to look at your grades and they're going to look at the your LSAT score, which is actually something I haven't talked about in here at all. And maybe I will go back and edit that in now after recording this video. But do I really need to stress out a bunch of high school kids about the LSAT? I, I don't know. It's kind of like I was talking to my wife and she was like, oh, you know, you should... Was it her? I was talking to somebody and they were like, oh, you've got to talk about the bar exam. And I was like, I'm going to talk about the bar exam? Like, they haven't even graduated from high school yet. They haven't graduated from college yet. And they're going to be worrying about the bar exam? Like, that seems pretty intense to me. But, you know, these are pretty intense kids. So uh, we shall see. So point three was get good grades, do work you enjoy, and work hard. I think this is especially important for college. Pick a major that is interesting to you has some prospects for the future, and is something that you can really devote yourself to. Whatever it is you study, if you love it, you're going to do a better job at it. Um, you're going to work harder. You're going to get better grades. If you hate it, if you're doing it because someone else wants you to do it, that's going to show. You're not going to work as hard at it. You're not going to get as good grades, and you're not going to feel rewarded. So the final point is don't obsess for law school purposes too much about what your exact major is. We talked a little bit about that earlier, whether you major in engineering or math or public policy or pre-law. A lot of schools have pre-law programs. That's not any kind of requirement. Um, can it be helpful? Maybe, but the vast majority of people who go to law school haven't completed any sort of pre-law degree. So don't obsess about what you're doing undergrad. Also don't obsess about what you're doing in those 
couple of years between undergrad and law school if your plan is ultimately to go back to law school. Follow your passion, do what you like, build something great, work really hard. And that is all I have for that. And then I'm going to field questions and we'll see how this goes. All right. So that sort of hackneyed version there was 20 minutes. Let's clean it up a little bit in the next few days, but thanks so much for watching this rough cut. I hope that these slides and that talk uh, bring some value to you. Again, I'm Stephen Stanwood. I'm a trademark lawyer and founder, founder of Stanwood.law. I love making these videos and I'm making more of them all the time. First batch was out last week and those were all in space. This one is from home with the pillow cat. Uh, I'd love if you subscribed and subscribed to my channel and get notified of future videos right away. If there's anything I can do to help you, reach out. I'd love to talk. All right, take care.